Welcome to another episode of Stories from a Bar. I'm your host, Chris Osborne, and for this episode, I'm hanging out at the brand new Albany War Room Tavern and Cigar Lounge right here in Albany on Eagle Street, and I am joined by owner Todd Shapiro and Tony, the manager of this facility. How are you guys? We're doing amazing. (laughs) Very well. Thank you for coming. Awesome. Again, apologies. I only had two mics on me, but uh, like I said, this is a pretty sweet, quiet setup over here in the Cigar Lounge. I like this. This is really nice. You know what? It's paradise. People come here, they relax, they, you know, they have a cigar, they go next door, they drink. Sometimes what Tony does, he puts salt on the cigars so people drink more. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. I wish, I wish we could, but we don't. So. <laughs> That's kind of something that I think would be funny to try on someone now. <laughs> Uh, yes, the Cigar Lounge is, is a really good vibe. So I'm I'm from the Albany Capital Region area, um, pretty much born and raised. Uh, so this is something new, very, very different. And uh, the last few months that I've been in here and involved, uh, I've, I've ran into so many people in, in this lounge alone. And you hear nothing but great things um, from, from the atmosphere, the ambiance, the privacy, the, the whole nine. Um, you know, we have crazy selections of cigars. Uh, sound system in every floor you can control your own music through your phone through the app oh really per, per yeah every member or customer uh, you download the sonos app and you can control whatever station you would like you know at, during that time that you're here so that's one of the great things they love about that oh that's cool yeah yeah because i was just talking to todd when he was showing me around when we came in there's not really a place like this anywhere in the albany area or at least no cigar lounges i'm aware of so there is a few cigar lounges that people go to, and to be honest, uh, they are also members of those lounges, but once they see our lounge, they start spending more time out, uh, over here at Todd's back room. Awesome. So you know what the difference is? This is a, this is a lounge, not a cigar shop. Mm-hmm. You can't come here and buy a lighter. You can't come here and buy some, you know, some ashtray or something like that. We're trying to just create an atmosphere of, like, you know, where it's an upscale, it's not a place for everyone. I mean, our prices, you know, are, you know, are not cheap. But you're getting, you know, you're also getting an atmosphere. You could just relounge. You'll you'll come in during the NCAA um, championship. We had the uh, UConn here the whole time. UConn came here. Really? In fact, um, Bill Murray's brother was here. We didn't even know it. We had we had no idea. And we saw it with pictures afterwards. Yeah. And we found that UConn and um, what do you call it? Indiana. Both, both made this place their home. They, they actually took their stuff from the hotel, unpacked it, made this their offices where they were smoking cigars and, <laughs> and having the best. Matter of fact, Tony takes credit for them winning because they did it here. <laughs> you know, they, 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 their whole pretty bold. Thing, yeah, well, maybe not. But their whole thing, their whole atmosphere of making this place that, that kind of relaxation kind of thing that they were blown away. It's You know, what's nice is you come in here and you look. It doesn't look like a Cohiba wrapper. It doesn't look, it's like, you know, it's a midnight blue with chandeliers and there's like, you know, mahogany lockers and, and plush, you know, um, chairs, that leather chairs that, you Which know. are super comfortable, by the way. They, they, I sunk right into this one and it's already been great. You know, I know people, whatever. And if they break, we got another one to put on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's fun. You know what's, what's good? One of the reasons I brought Tony to be part of this interview is, you know, we're two, we're two bar guys that started out. At least I'm a bar guy that started out. Mm-hmm. When I was 17 years old and drinking age was a lot, low, was a lot lower, um, it wasn't 17, it was 18 at the time, um, I started as a bar boy. I worked my way up to being a bar back, 
mm-hmm. and to a bartender. And I love you know your stories from a bar. So I started in a bar. I started right out of right out of high school when I graduated. You know, I, I worked myself through college, being a bartender. I worked from for ten years from seventeen to twenty seven. You know, I bartended. Oh wow! Um, I worked some of the hot. If you ever saw the movie Cyanide Fever, yeah, I used to bartend in two thousand one. Where you know. Um, I was flipping bottles like Tom Cruise, although I never looked like him, but I was flipping bottles like him in Cocktail. Um, Actually, I just watched that movie not long ago. <laughs> it's a great movie. Wait, wait, Tony has the original um, Neon from Cocktails and Dreams next door. Does he really? Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't see it. Oh, I have to show me after. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll definitely show you. Yeah, I missed it. It's that. awesome. It's great. A lot of people take pictures right right next to it awesome. um, as, yeah. like, as a backdrop. Awesome. Um, like I was saying, normally I have a general rule not to deep dive into politics, but I feel like we're going to touch on that just a little bit today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know much about you guys other than what I've seen in the fantastic articles I've read already. Todd, I know you are a Mart PR guy. You have your own firm down in Manhattan, right? I do. But you know what? The, the truth is, see, I tried to get a job at Hooters as a server, mm-hmm. and I didn't qualify. Of course. So I had a. I figured, you know what? If they're not going to, you might as well start your own bar. <laughs> That's a logical order of events. Well, if, if you I've look, ever heard. You know, I'm, I'm just obviously I'm joking. <laughs> but you know what is? I came here um, with a mission. I was here during COVID. I was hanging out um, at the um, across the street at the Renaissance Hotel. Yep. And you know, I, I looked at. I remember used to always go in this place. It was a. It was an Irish gin mill. It was the public house 42. Yeah. Everyone used to love the, you know, the place, the dingy looking bar with the police patches and, you know, the sawdust coming up. And, you, you know, um, the bar was wood. Your hands would stick on it for about a day. You know, I don't know if they ever cleaned it or not, but it was. Sounds right. Usually it, having to go home, wash my hands. Again it was. It, it got the yeah. worst review that they could ever get for food. I don't know why, but the, the food was atrocious. Um, at least that's what I heard. I mean, I, I liked it. I liked the chicken wings. They were great. But. You know what? I love the look of it. I love these two 1890 buildings. I said, listen, in Albany, I could afford two 1890 buildings, two brownstones. Yep. In New York City, I'd have to be, you know, I'd have to be Donald Trump and not get indicted to be able to buy, uh, you know, these kind of buildings. A lack of indictment probably helps, yes. Well, you know, listen, it, it definitely brings the price up. Oh, yeah. Well, popularity up at least, right? But that's but it. it's, you just mentioned 1890. It's funny because I've been to Public House when it was here a handful of times. But it's never, and I'm walking through these buildings now, it's never dawned on me how old these buildings actually are. It, it's 1890. Um, in fact, a lot of this history here of Albany is really incredible. It is. Abraham Lincoln, when um, Governor Morgan during the 1860s was the governor of New York, he had uh, Abe Lincoln come here and have lunch with him right across the street. So we've oh, had so much history and different people that have... Um, if you go a little um, halfway down the block, you see where um, former governors that became presidents used to live. Yep. Um, you walk into the chambers, you see the million-dollar staircase. Today, it's probably a, a billion-dollar staircase. Oh, yeah. Um, so the history here and the bar, we, we try to preserve the history as much as we can. Um, so that's why we made this into what it is today. Um, so I took the building. I, I love many things. I love politics. I love cigars. I love sushi. I love my wife. But <laughs> not you know, all necessarily in that order. I'm gonna. Well, not, o- not always all the time either. But. 
<laughs> at least the sushi. Um, but the fact of the matter is it, it's something that I really wanted to create here because we wanted to take buildings and turn them into like um, almost like a political museum. Mm-hmm. When you walk into the war room, you see pictures of um, Teddy Roosevelt. You see the bull moose. This bull moose head popping right out of you. Dude, it, it jumps right out at you when you walk into that room, and it was huge. It, it's a 2,000-pound moose head. That, um, that bull moose was a symbol of the, um, the bull moose party, which Roosevelt ran under when he ran for president in 1907. So it has a lot of history. You see Bella Abzug's hat. You see pictures of Malcolm X when he, when he spoke um, at the legislature, which is only 100 feet away. Yep. Um, and then what happened was, you know, he died. He got shot two weeks later. He came in to warn about dangers in the, in the, you know, of going on. And, um, so, I mean, the history of what we did to this place and what, what I did and Tony helped, helped me put together and my staff. We have a, probably some of the greatest people in the world working here. Um, our bartenders, uh, you know, they're, lo- they're almost like local celebrities. Our wait staff, our chef, Sasso is like, a, you know, when, when Bruce Springsteen canceled, people were more happy that Sasso didn't cancel. <laughs> Because they Sasso's become this like Japanese icon of of sushi up in Albany. They, I mean, that was I just met him briefly when you were showing me around. He was cracking me up right away. <laughs> he, he, he's amazing. His food and what he does and how he cooks. I'm um, not cooks. You can't cook sushi, but the way he, he creates this sushi, it's it's an it's an art. And having him here turn this place into like a culinary masterpiece. It's a you know it's a five star. You know, um, black linen restaurant where you just you, you people crave the sushi here because you know what? If you go, if you eat steak every day of your life, you're gonna you know you're gonna get fat and die. Eat sushi every day, you know you're gonna you're gonna live a long life. Yeah. So um, you know we have, we have steak too. If you want to eat steak and die, <laughs> we have it hey, all. You know, indeed. Um, and but you know, let let Tony tell you a little more about yeah, it. Tony, how did you get involved with the um, war room and the cigar lounge? Uh, I was just looking around, and I just heard through the grapevine that um, uh, Todd needed uh, some management help uh, of um, uh, getting the place up and going. So he did all the work. He actually did a, a fantastic job on the remodel. Uh, the before and after pictures is is just wow. Uh, you would never think. And a lot of people doubt, doubted him, too, that, hey, there's no way you can turn this place around from what it was and make it look to what it is, like where we're sitting right now, this place. This was, I believe, a a, uh, a shelter or something like that. I was going to say, how, what kind of condition were these buildings in when you got them? I didn't see. I didn't get. Uh, I wasn't there at that part, so I came whenever it was already open. Let me put it this way. When I came into this place... You know, I did a lot of work during 9-11. I represent the police unions and the fire department in New York City. So, and, I, and I'm, I'm 50 years old, so I, I could tell you a little, nine. I was there 9-11 the next day. Mm-hmm. The smell of 9-11 was, was better than the smell in this room. Really? It was so bad. I, you know, it was a shelter. It was a, it was, anyways, it was a, I guess a rehab center, which was a shelter where people were living, homeless people came in here. Um, and we have Father Young was probably one of the greatest humanitarians of Albany. He used to give everyone a chance and take people off the streets and you know, re, re, get them out of drugs and get them out of alcohol and abuse. And um, He really changed people's lives. But the, he brought them here and then he died and the building just had its day. It was, 
there were 16 people living on every floor and in these little cramp out whatever the place hadn't been um, um remodeled or or renovated in probably a hundred years so it was really really bad it was a horrible place to live um i never i remember walking in here looking at the place and uh, a prostitute came jumped out of the window Whoa. onto the fire escape when i came in and then really? a, a, then a you know a, a pit bull bit, bit bit the realtor it was it was so, anybody else would run for the fucking hills me i said this is home <laughs> you know and i i, I I'm sorry, Tom. Like coming to America when he comes to Queens, uh, Eddie Murphy, and he's like, this "Oh, is this yeah, is perfect." That was Todd right there. <laughs> you know what? I came here. I said, "This place. I, I got to buy this place. This is like the place." By the way, I backed out the first time, and I got my money back. And I, you know, I said, when I got the other place next door, I said, "I'm going to do it. I'm going to either, either it's going to be a successful place, or I'm going. I'm going to be broke." You know, because mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I, I took every dollar I had to put into these two places. To really create something that I thought would be um, something Albany never seen before. Not that you haven't seen, but they haven't seen it since when I was when I was young and I was in uh, my my twenties or when I graduated college or when I was in college. I used to come up to Albany. It was a bar called the Lamp Post. Oh, I remember this. And it was all a lot of Jewish girls, right? And I'm Jewish. I can say that, you know. <laughs> so they used to they used to they used to call it the Jap Post because they were like Jewish American princesses, right? They would call it the Jap Post. You'd always meet a Jewish woman princess here trying to get married. Mm-hmm. And she'd be at the Jap Post. They used to call it the Jap Post instead of the Lamp Post. The Lamp Post. And wow, they used I to heard go there. Then there was a bar downstairs in the Hilton. It was a Hilton back then. Then it switched over to two other names. Now it's a Hilton again. And they used to have a thing called Cahoots. It used to be $10 drink free all night. <laughs> now, I remember we all had fake ID at the time. And one guy, you know, this really stupid friend of mine, right? You know, he's, he shows the fake ID and gets caught, right? Now, most people would just say, okay, thank you, I'm leaving. The, the, the bouncer said, hold on, I'm getting a police officer. Ooh. Now, the guy's standing there. And I looked at him, I said, schmuck, let's get the hell out of here. You know, are you kidding? You can't stand there. The guy's going to arrest you. Go, go, run, (laughs) run, Forrest, run. So, you know, but but it was a hot, hot atmosphere. The Grinch was right next door, which was an iconic, um, you know, bar, tavern, club. This place was hot. Used to walk down Lock Street or walk down um, Pearl Street. Albany was on fire. There was a zest of nightclubbing. That was before people went on the internet to meet and stuff like that. And you know, maybe it was a little better because, mm-hmm. you know, at least you, you knew what you were looking at before you saw it. Not, <laughs> not that I would know, but who the hell knows. But it was just a different lifestyle. People love going out. People would, people used to dress up. They wear nightclub clothes or they'd be wearing bar clothes. I remember going up to uh, Rensselaer. Is it Rensselaer? Where's yep. RPI? Rensselaer? Yeah. You know, and um, there were these... These ladies at RPI, right? There was a bar called Rockwell's because there was a song called, you know, mm-hmm. by Rockwell, who was a like biggest prince in his time. And it was like a nightclub, dancing and disco lights and everything like it is today. It was just the coolest place ever. So I said, you know what? I'm going to create a place where people older, not, not in college, because I'm not looking to create a college place, but people 30 years and over could have a place to hang out. Yeah. People like Tony's age could go out there and have a good time. 
You know what I mean? I Be- do now that I'm pushing 40. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what the I, average age of Albany is? Uh, it's, is it mid to late 20s? Probably. It's mid-20s? 32 years is old. Is it 32? 30, the average, because you know when people graduate from um, Albany or, or RPI or St. Rose. St. Rose or Siena. That's... I did get academically terminated from SUNY Albany. <laughs> That's all right. I, well, I got <laughs> and then drunk. I graduated from St. Rose with honors. So it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Well, thank God. Let me tell you, this guy is a rock star. Your podcasts are becoming like, you know, you're the Jimmy Fallon of podcasts in Albany. People talk about your, your podcast. It's good to know. Ironically, he also went to St. Rose. He did. And he, um, I, um, I know him from the Hamptons. Oh, really? Yep. In fact, I, um, we had lunch last week with his manager who, um, who started him. I guess over here in um in Albany and, and brought him over to um to the city. He also lived in Brooklyn for a long time too. Yeah, we had um well when I was at St. Rose we had the same advisor, so I would talk to she would tell me stories or the class stories about him. Oh re- oh nice. See, if you come to Albany, right, you look down the streets, we're creating something different. Downtown is is hot. Downtown Albany is a hot place. Most people don't think that. But, you know, 3,000 new people moved in last year to, into, into the old buildings that used to be commercial buildings. You know, there's apartments going up all over they're the place. Creating a, yeah. They're trying to turn it into a Brooklyn, like a, like a Williamsburg kind of hipster kind of place. Mm-hmm. We see that at our bar. And, you know, people say, are you kidding? If you open up here, all you can have is politicians, lobbyists, and you're going to die on weekends. And that's not happening with us. How has the response been from like the non-political? We're getting crowd? a crowd of young people that are that are coming here, loving. We have a Thursday night singles night. We're getting people. We're getting people that live here. You find Albany's a lot of place that people don't know each other, mm-hmm. and they're trying to meet friends. And this place is becoming a place where people meet new people. They're making friends because it's a city. Any city, people come in from all over the place. And they make friends. Our place is becoming that meeting place. It's the only place, too, where Republicans, Democrats, socialists and conservatives and journalists all <laughs> hang out at the same time. Don't kick the shit out of each other. It's impressive but, with alcohol around. Well, it, it changes. <laughs> it changes a lot. So they, instead of a war room, it's like a, it, it's like it's they're not making war. They're, I'm going to say they're making love because that's kind of the wrong place. But it's becoming a fun place for everybody. And that they're... Um, they're finding a new kind of place to hang out and a new uh, new way where they could break bread or they could drink a beer and become friends after um, arguing with each other um, about mm-hmm. politics or the budget or stuff like that. I mean, that's interesting because politics is pretty divisive and it seems like it just gets worse every few years. Was that ever a concern when you thought you wanted to open a political themed tavern like? Any fights breaking out or people not getting along or anything like that? Well, listen, you know what? Uh, the, the only, I mean, the only people that are going to, like, fight, I mean, when you get politicians fighting, they're not going to, you know, they, 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 they'll be long-winded. They're not going to take a baseball bat and bash somebody <laughs> over the head and, you know, and kick the shit out of somebody. It's just not going to happen. But, but you know, they get into long debates. They argue with stuff. But more important, you should see them doing karaoke. You've never seen Republicans and Democrats sing together. Like no. I, I thought it was the biggest joke when we brought karaoke. It got so popular that that we brought it back on on Friday. That it becomes the local. First we have the the political karaoke, then we have the the local karaoke. <laughs> and believe it or not, young young people, thirty two years old, are coming hanging out, 
singing from the neighborhood and they're becoming like it's 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 becoming popular then we have political um trivia on monday nights which people they they compete for prizes and they have teams that come in here they're like you know it's amazing we have this one guy who he, he writes for the new york post the other one writes for the new york times and they they challenge everybody every week they challenge people for political karaoke and political trivia and they win i mean who the hell knows this shit i don't know this stuff what I mean, there's just memorabilia all over the place, all super cool art and pictures and items and stuff like that. Is this stuff you've collected over the years? I know some things have been donated from I mean, I, what listen, I read. We've had three governors, Pataki, Patterson, yep. and um, and Governor Carey's family, Hugh Carey's family, that have all donated different things. We've also had stuff come from people who used to work for Governor Como, mm-hmm. um, that have donated stuff. We're getting a lot of people just they 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 love the theme so much that they give their they give their um, memorabilia. I mean, I think they're just cleaning their garage and need to get rid of this stuff, but that's another thing. <laughs> um, so it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. We got some stuff in here that that's probably really valuable too. That like um, that um, people have come here and the governor um, has been here. Governor um, Hogel, um, yep. she's been here. Mayor Adams has been here five or six times already. Oh, wow. um, he loves this place. The um, controller, the Napoli, comes here. We even have a sandwich named after him. We have a chicken parm, the Napoli, <laughs> that he comes and he, he's become a popular. Um, the Attorney General, Tish James, um, we have a, a vanilla chai that she drinks that we have, you know, Tish chai. Oh, <laughs> um, You won't get indicted if you drink it. <laughs> Tony, have you always been into politics? I know it seems like no, Todd has. So, so this was all new to me. The the, the politics was uh, was all new news. But I, I'm just fascinated, just like when customers come in uh, with, uh, you know, they have dinner reservations. But before they even take a seat, they take a tour of the whole restaurant, all three floors, mm-hmm. and just check out all the work that uh, Todd had uh, uh, displayed on the walls. And they're just so wowed by it. Uh, you know, from from the bar to the dining room and then the third floor. I don't know if you went next door. It's the private event yeah, room. Yeah. Uh, and they, they before they even have a seat, they take a tour of all around, just like Todd said, like a museum. It's it's pretty crafty. And, uh, and um, you know, it, it amazed me. And it just gave me a lot of, like, knowledge that I really didn't have no clue at. Wow, these, this person was was in our state, in our city, you mm-hmm. know, representing our city at one point, you know. And, uh, and he's right on the wall. So it's. I like it. I enjoyed it. It's interesting. And I I mean, I've never been super into politics, but I right. love seeing stuff like this and learning about things. Yeah. Um, I mean, Albany's, of course, rich with history. Discover Albany does a great job with walking tours and taking people around and touring and Maeve over there talking about stuff. One of the things I like to do when I go down to the city is always stop at McSorley's because those walls are just plastered. And I've gotten in an hour-long conversation with the bartender there. No, I have not. McSorley's used to be all men. Yep. And it was uh, well, it, up until like the seventies or yeah, 80s. it was it was like whatever. And more, I think there was a a newspaper that was started in McSorley's um, many years ago. It was a very popular conservative newspaper. There was a bunch of guys sitting there, you know, bullshitting, hanging out, having a beer. They have great beers. Their the urinals are famous too. <laughs> that's yeah, I know. That's one of the, 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 the first urinals, things I heard about. The urinals are famous. Um, 
it's it's like a dingy place, but it's the coolest place to ever. It's the kind of place you just it, it, the it, oldest Irish pub in the city. It, it, it is, and it, pu- it purely it um it purely becomes like um how do I describe it um it's it's a part of New York City that's gone. Mm-hmm. That you know you walk in there and it brings back memories and stuff like that. The one thing we try to do here was there's a very famous um, tavern in New York City called the Waverly Inn. Okay. The Waverly Inn, um, I remember when I was younger, trying to get in there. It was very hard to get in. Now, years ago, I was like, you know, you had to like send an email and see if you were chosen and you couldn't call. There was no open table back then. Really? So it was like you would send an email to some name, some fake name they made up. And the guy would like send you an email back. I'd be like, hey, how are you? The guy never existed. But <laughs> it was the hottest place. I saw Harrison Ford there. I've seen um, Ted Dance in there. I've seen like the biggest celebrities, but it was it was like walking to an Edgar Allan Poe kind of building, really cool and and gory. Interesting. But um, the food was like they had a. I mean, this, you guys said this twenty something years ago. They had a um, a truffle mac and cheese that went for a hundred and something dollars. Sounds about right. But it had the special truffle on it. In fact, we should do that. You know what? That's not a bad idea, Tony. You know, we should have a $100 mac and cheese made with a special truffle. <laughs> you know what? That's an easy thing to do. But they're, um, you know what? That is a good thing. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do a Waverly in $100 truffle. Probably only sell one, but, you know. You're welcome. I planted that seed. <laughs> you know what? You got to try something cool. If you look at our menu... Our menu is the coolest menu ever because nobody did what we did. I mean, I mean, we. How tough was it coming up with the menu for this place? Because it is pretty unique, and you have certainly specialty you know name dishes. I went up to Sasso, and I said to Sasso, "I'm like, you know, I met Sasso for the first time, and you know, he's very traditional. Um, but you know, he's not this Japanese guy that just came over two years ago." He's been living here 30 years. His kids are living here, you know, 30. I mean, he's probably living here 40 years. Mm-hmm. He's been here a long time. He's been, he came here, I think, as in college or high school or something like that. He came over. But he was a sushi chef before. He's he's more American than I am. Um, so, I mean, except, <laughs> except he got a cool Japanese name. And I, I love him like a brother. He's like a brother to me. And he's he's just amazing. But but he has traditional values when it comes to sushi because he takes that stuff really seriously. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's a fun guy, too. When you get to know him. But so I went up to him. I said, Sasso, I want to do something different. I want to have like corned beef and corned beef sandwiches. Mm-hmm. He goes, not in the dining room. <laughs> I go, Sasso, what are you talking about? I, it's my restaurant. No, traditional Japanese restaurant has sushi. I go, can I put it downstairs in the bar? And eventually I creeped up higher and higher and higher. <laughs> And I hired another chef to do the other stuff because he wasn't going to cook anything that wasn't sushi. Next thing I know, I got four chefs and I'm bankrupt. But, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, it's it's a great it's a great concept because you could have corned beef and have sushi on the same same menu. Mm-hmm. Where people, there's no place like that around here. Um, it's usually one or the other, and you could have a, you, know, you want to have a cheeseburger and have a beer and you want to have a you know, and you, you bring your girlfriend or your wife or you bring both of them together. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll like each other. Who knows? But if you put this, the, the sushi with other things, 
you're creating something that people really like. Is is it hard to have that kind of variety and quality? You know what we 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 spend a lot of money on our on our on the on the food that we have, and I think that's why you know we we, we make a lot of money, but it costs us more than we're making because we're trying to create something different. Mm-hmm. We're trying to create a cool vibe where. We want to be open to everybody when it comes to the kind of food there is. Someone wants to get a cheeseburger at the bar. They don't want to get dressed up. They don't want to go for a fine dining. They just want to sit there, you know, have a few shots, hang out, you know, drink a few drafts, and then have sushi and have a, you know, have a burger. It's kind of cool. So we're creating that kind of, like, vibe. But you want to go upstairs. You're dressed up. You know, it's a place you take a date, you take your, your wife to, or you take a colleague, you'll see the governor there, you'll see a senator there, or you'll see an assemblyman there, or you'll see a lobbyist, or you'll see, you know, people coming just to crave sushi. We're creating all those different kind of things that nobody really does. You can't go to a, a Japanese restaurant and order a corned beef sandwich. I don't care where you are. You just can't do <laughs> I'd that. I'd be surprised, yeah. yeah or a burger, yeah. you know, um, or have a linen you won't find a five-star sushi restaurant. Our sushi comes from the Fulton Fish Market twice a week. Oh, wow. It's the freshest fish. Now, you might go somewhere and they might have fish coming from the Hudson River, which I'd be scared to eat. <laughs> but that's another thing. Who knows where it comes from? Do you guys have a favorite dish since we're still talking about Tony's going to tell you his favorite dishes. I talk too much. <laughs> Tony. Um, I, I actually like that new item we just added after the Napoli, the chicken parm. It's great. Chicken parm is always one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love it. Is uh, uh and you're here pretty much day to day. Well, Todd, you're only in town usually like one day a week, right? Yeah, he's here a couple of days a week. Uh, whenever, you know, if, he's busy guy, so he does his whole PR thing also. So, um, he, he he's here as much as he can be here. But I, I am here a lot. Uh, I'm from the restaurant and bar business. That's how I got involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, just helping Todd out with the managing and just the daily, the daily, the daily things, you know? Uh, so as far as the politics, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a lot of knowledge in it, but like I, like I said earlier, just stuff on the wall just educates you. And I wish I'm thinking to myself, I'm like 20 years ago when I was in high school, I wish this is the way they teach history <laughs> instead of, you know, on the textbook, you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's just more fun and interesting. You yeah. Know? It's oh, it's always harder just trying to read from a book. And, uh, so, you know, I, I learned a lot just, just by that. And then, um, all the all the people, uh, in the you know legislators, senators, assemblymen, you know you know I'm, I'm running into all of them, speaking to them, you know saying hi and bye and you know catering to them and mm-hmm. you know it's pretty cool. You know? Has, any, has Next, anyone come in yet where you're like holy holy shit I can't believe I'm talking to yeah. Some. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then next thing you know I'm talking to this person. I don't even know who this is at first, and then I look over. I see their picture on the wall. I'm like, oh my god, that I just speak to this person, you know. It's pretty cool. I like it. That's awesome. Uh, by the way, if you're going to open a political theme place, I can't think of a better name than the War Room. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're, they're all... They're, listen, it, it's, but you know what's fine now, too? I mean, I, initially, if you look in the cigar place, I started out with just politics. Mm-hmm. I, I, I live, shit, eat politics in next door. You won't find any pictures other than politics. You come here now, we're starting to like get into other people because... You know, how do you tell, you know, Antonio Brown, you know, from the, you know, from all these football, Antonio Brown's, you know, becoming, became a friend of, yeah. of myself and Tony and, 
Yeah, you guys and, aren't even aren't only drawing big political names. You're drawing in other. Yeah, we're getting we're getting a lot of people coming in from you know sports. So if you look around now, we we, we got into sports. We have sports people smoking cigars here. You know pictures of them too. And tonight we're doing something a little different. You know, um, somebody was telling me the other day, you're like, this is great. You see what we got here? We got a bunch of guys that's becoming that kind of like, uh, uh, what do you call it? This kind of like, you know, man cave. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That really offended me, you know? I didn't want to become McSorley's in the the 60s. Yeah. I wanted to become, you know, um, I wanted to become something different. I want to have like, I want to make it like an empowerment for women. So we're doing like the first women's cigar club in Albany. We're going to form their own club tonight. I mean, who knows? We only have one. Instead of women, it might be woman. It might be only one woman. But, <laughs> but um, you well, know. Th- no, uh, that's still an awesome step because naturally if somebody hears the word cigar lounge, women probably don't come to mind. We, we want to make it. Listen, if it could be all women here, I, you know, who, who do you think is going to come? <laughs> <laughs> the men exactly yeah. so let's be honest about it. it's not a stupid idea but you know but either way it doesn't matter what you, you what you but we want to create this like um women's cigar club and more of a networking mm-hmm. where women could come here they could talk about business they could talk about networking they could help each other out like like everyone helps each other out but create that kind of empowerment for women to network and do business with each other and create that kind of thing. So we're having tonight, I went out, it's costing me, you know, I, I got a cigar roller coming in. Oh, nice. You know, the guy drives up from Long Island, it takes him two and a half hours to come in, three hours, three hours to drive back. Oh, wow. So he could roll cigars for two hours for these women, who probably a woman, whoever's coming in tonight. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope we have women. Have That's many, what I call a personalized experience. You yeah. know, and Tony got a liquor company coming in, giving out free samples, um, which I found out about a few hours ago. So we have a, you know, we have a, uh, they're giving out liquor samples for uh, New Scotia liquors. Is, um, I've had those guys on the podcast. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy. Super nice guy. Jamie's, and... a, Jamie's a good guy. Yep. So he, they're going to come here. They're going to give out samples. They're going to they're gonna smoke. They're going to drink. And listen, you know what? You throw it out there, whatever happens, happens. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I think women are going to, you know, women are really, you now. One percent, uh, I'm sorry, four percent of women smoke cigars in this country. Four percent. It used to be half of like that half. Point one of one percent of women smoke cigars 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So the, the fastest growing trend in cigar smoking is women. So we're kind of create that kind of thing out there where it's going to become um, that that vibe. That's awesome. That women, women cigar smoking, um, kind of cool. And I gotta tell you, women, uh, we've been getting texts thanking them, you know, thanking us for doing this, and they're excited, and it's gonna be, they're gonna come out, and you know, whatever happens, happens. We're here to have fun. I'm curious because I've never talked to somebody that's open to cigar lounge. What kind of, obviously, it's smoking inside. Are there special licenses and stuff you need or anything or? Well, we have a tobacco license here. Okay. Um, that we're you know we're um, licensed for tobacco. I don't oh, know how it works. Second. Smoke shops occasionally let you light up inside, but it isn't. I we don't. We like, don't allow. Um, it's a, you know people have a locker here. We allow them to have you know they they have their own like um, liquor in their locker. We you know we don't stop them from bringing their own. 
here. Mm-hmm. We don't sell it. We don't allow it. But, you know, when people want to bring it in, they have their own locker, we allow them to, to drink and smoke, as other places across the country do. Um, but we, we, you know, we strictly adhere to um, SLA guidances. We don't, it's, you know, it's, it's a place to smoke. You need a tobacco license from the state and um, state taxation department. We have that. We file for a um, for a wholesale. Our cigars range from Patron to uh, Fuentes to um, uh, Dave Davidoff. So we have probably some of the best cigars there are anywhere. Um, oh, wow. And people love you know the brands that we have. But we have a. It's not like a place. It's not a smoke shop. You can't go there and buy a cigar. And leave. Mm-hmm. You know, your waitress comes up. She brings you the cigar. She, you look at a menu. You decide what kind of cigar you want. And, um, you know, it's kind of a, it's a luxury branding kind of thing, but more relaxation. And you'll see a lot of, you know, you'll see police unions coming here. You'll see fire unions. You'll see um, people from all over coming here, meeting, greeting. And, you know, there's nothing better than meeting and greeting someone or making a friend with a cigar. I mean, look yeah. what it, look what it did for Bill Clinton. <laughs> Never mind, that's a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> you can't argue with that. <laughs> so this was your first foray. You talked about working at a bar in college and things like this, but this was really your first foray into the restaurant business. Is trying to open a restaurant and run one, right? Um, you know what. I bartended, like I said, I, started, I bartended when I was 17 years old. I worked at the clubs and stuff like that. I managed bars through my, my years. Um, I graduated college, I used to manage the park bench, um, which was a cool you know, place back in the day. I, you know, I worked at 2001 with Sinai Fever, was where it came from. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, they just did um, for my PR firm. We went back to Brooklyn where Sinai Fever was. It became a Chinese restaurant. Really? You imagine a Chinese restaurant. Disco 2000, the club would start it all. The phrase, the dances, the moves, everything became a Chinese restaurant. I mean, they have ducks hanging on the wall, if you can imagine. You know? Yeah. So we did the 40th anniversary of Sinai Fever, and we had all these people coming down um, dressed in, in polyester suits and, you know, and the, those tight, you know, um, shirts and, the, you know, the, 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 you know, the bell bottoms and the, the you know, the, the shoes and, they had Lenny's Pizza, the triple decker pizza there. You know, they're strutting down the thing. The only problem is time caught up to a lot of these people. <laughs> you know, if you ever saw, um, if you ever saw Shallow How, oh wow, yeah. You know where you, you know they have these beer goggles where people look like mm-hmm. these people do not look like they do from 1970, 1977 or nineteen seventy eight. It tends to happen. These uh, people changed, and <laughs> like everyone else, like I've changed too. But you know. Um, the people that had the best shape, best hair, no more. <laughs> so, having that experience, but how much? Also, your huge background in PR. How has that helped to really kind of get the word out about this? We place? are the hottest, hottest, because <laughs> hottest. I mean, I've seen articles in local from local news outlets. I've you've had mentions in like Page Six. Uh, we were page six, four or five times Stuff already. Stuff down in the city and everything. Um, the New York Post did a whole page on us. Yeah. New York Post, you have to kill somebody in Albany. And yeah, I, I don't think if you kill anybody, it doesn't even get paid. Pay. No, nobody even reports about that anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, but but we 
there's such a trend what we try to do by bringing Albany back by creating this kind of thing. You look around. I see a guy driving a bicycle outside. I'm looking at the convention center. Mm-hmm. I see you know people walking around and, and nothing's in session right now. So people, you know, there is like a thirsty. It's thirsty here. It's thirsty not for liquor. It's thirsty for entertainment. It's thirsty for, for things going on downtown. Downtown is becoming hot. And our place has become this hot place. And we've been written about all over the country about what we're doing here. And people are, people are becoming like us. I'm, you know, we have the only bar restaurant walking distance from the Capitol, like less than 100 feet. We're the closest bar to, any, to anywhere to, to here and the governor's mansion. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not saying the governor's going to walk in the middle of the night looking, going to sleep and walking looking for a beer. <laughs> But it's but we are the closest thing to it. We're the closest to the convention center. There is no bar close to the convention center. Oh, we're looking right out the window. Right, right outside, close to the Renaissance, which is like a five star hotel, closest to the to the Hilton. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming here, you're staying here. You got no. We get pilots coming here. You know, from uh, United Airlines every Sunday night. They come here. They go. They stay at the Renaissance, and the whole the whole um, the whole United staff um, comes here to. Um, they come here to um, to get you know to get drinks and to eat, and they they love the experience. They come back and they recommend all the other one. I just hope it doesn't turn into like you know um, that movie. Uh, what was that movie where the pilot starts drinking and hanging out? Then he goes out with Denzel Washington. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you know. I just hope we're not contributing to any accidents <laughs> by uh, what we do here at night. Um, you occasionally see the uh video jokes of a pilot walking through the airport pretending to be blind every once in a while have you seen one of those those are always fun and people look at that. it's uh wild but you know what we get a lot of cool people coming you know what i like you know, i think i think what tony likes and i'll tell you i'll tell you in a second as i yeah. talk um is that we don't get the typical customer mm-hmm. we're not getting people from east greenbush or we're not getting people from Schenectady or Nova Scotia or Scotia, whatever it's called. No. I'm not from here. I <laughs> a little apologize. farther. You know, it's a little farther. I know. Maybe I have a Judy. I have my locks or something. The big what the hell. But the bottom line is we're getting people from all over the world that are staying at the hotels here. Oh, yeah. That are coming to the conventions. So they're coming here. So our people get to meet people from all over. You know what I mean? It's kind of yep. cool to meet people from all over. It's kind of cool to meet you know, like people from the New York Knicks from the NCAA or meeting Bill Murray or meeting those kind of people that will come into the place mm-hmm. um, because they're here. And we we got like, we, we have a monopoly. There's nowhere really yet to walk to as close as we are here. And I think people love that. People love coming here because they can walk here. They can't drive here. And we're going to tell you something right now. We're going to break the news. This is breaking news. All right. Breaking news. We have parking now. Oh, wow. We have parking. That's big in Albany. We this is like the biggest thing, whatever. I mean, forget about it. stop stop the press like Batman. Stop the press. Wow. We have parking. We're if you go down the block, um, right across the beer hall, there's the state troopers PBA. Yep. Has a parking lot. We're gonna be having parking on weekends and probably valet parking. So we're gonna have wow. parking. So people will be able to come here from East Greenbush or, you know, wherever Nova Scotia or Wherever they're coming Valet from. Valet parking in Albany is like finding a unicorn. Well, I hope they, they you know, I hope they come here. Because, Actually, I mean, it's funny. You just reminded me. So I used to work at a law firm in Albany briefly on the other side of the park 
on the other side of the Capitol there. And the best thing about the job when I told people I worked there was it's literally indoor valet parking. Like they would, I just pull into the garage, they take my car. Yeah. And I worked there in the winter. So it was fantastic. (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. There's a lot of law firms. There's a lot of judges. There's a lot of courts here. Um, You know, we get every people come. We have a lot of judges coming in here. We, we met the Court of Appeals judges coming here. We get a lot of, in fact, the, the Court of Appeals judge that just got nominated to be the, you know, the, the chief justice or the one who's going to be running it um, has been here before, has been to the war room. Oh, wow. So we're getting a lot of um, the courts because Albany has a lot of courts, a lot of, you know, a lot of government buildings. A lot of people from the county come here. A lot of people come here from the city, city officials, county officials, state officials. Um, we've had congressmen um, We've had many congressmen come here. It's kind of cool. They, they, they don't like the place. They love this place. That's awesome. I, you talked about a lot of the memorabilia and stuff. Do you guys have like a favorite item in here? Between, Fav- favorite Between the cigar lounge and the bar? Uh, you know what? I do. I do. I have Bill Clinton's humidor. Really? So what happened was in the cigar place... Bill Clinton used to give out when if you gave enough money to the Democratic National Committee, the uh, the president would give you a humidor, like a little humidor with the presidential seal on it. Oh wow! Right, and I'll show it to you when we're done. Yeah. Then the Monica Lewinsky thing came out. He stopped giving out humidors, <laughs> and, and that's that's not a joke. It's a true statement. Wow. So um, we have presidential seal little humidors that are really cool with glass with the seal of the president. And they used to give out, you know, full of cigars and stuff like that. And um, because Bill Clinton was a was a big cigar smoker, and um, so was a lot of other presidents and stuff like that. Um, they would smoke cigars and stuff like that and come here as well. We also have a Mario, not Mario, Andrew Cuomo cigar locker. When he, um, oh cool, when he uh, was governor, he used to go to a place called the Grand Havana Room, and the day they closed down because um, they they moved. So they they took everyone. So I am I'm I'm gonna come clean on you. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I stole his cigar lock. Ain't nothing they can do now. Well, he knows. He knows now. <laughs> I got you know. So I'm okay. I didn't go to jail or nothing like that. But um, you know. But I have I have um Andrew Como's, Governor Como's, cigar locker. Um, the head from the cigar lock has his name on it, and his girlfriend um at the time I bought it for him. And it was kind of controversial time. She wasn't allowed to buy it from us. Then he stopped coming there. But mm-hmm. it was very famous, um, that cigar locker. And I, we have it here for people to see. And we also have a, a lot of other historical stuff. What about you, Tony? Anything in particular? Uh, probably the bowl. It's, it's the most signature thing in the restaurant uh, where a lot of people take pictures. Oh, yeah. So I, I, think, I think I like that the best. That's awesome. So you've come up in the restaurant business. Is that you correct? Yes. And stuff? So have you been always been in Albany? Were you local? I don't recall. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, you know, I was born in Queens, but I was raised up here. My oh, family nice. moved up here when I was very young. Just they just thought it'd be a lot better to raise a family. I'm one of seven, uh, so I was uh, involved in a restaurant business at, at a very very young age. Growing up, watching my family uh, doing what they were doing, and then um, and then I just started becoming so so you know attached to it. I wanted to start doing my own thing. So that's where the restaurants, the bars, and clubs they all came in place, and I was either owning or operating them for uh, one of my family members. So that's where the experience and expertise came from me. 
and then uh, I ran into Todd, and and I've been here since, just helping out. You know, it's 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 been uh, we came we came a, a, a long ways, you know, because uh, we opened up and it was just a lot of attraction and attention, and we mm-hmm. just we had to create an operation system, and uh, you know, it's finally becoming you know a little bit at ease and just comfortable. Yeah, because you guys have only been open since January. Just, yeah, just a couple months, honestly. Not 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 a long time. And has it been pretty packed since you guys have opened? Yeah, it has. It's been pretty busy, high volume. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's great and to hear. We had, uh, you know, between you know, just like Todd said, you know, the the customers we get, they're very just wide range because we're just such in a great location. So there's always events going on here where people are traveling from not just from other parts of the the, the city in, in New York, but just from other states. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, we had the wrestling tournament. Everyone from New York State were coming from here for here. We had the March Madness. I've met customers that traveled from San Francisco to, to <laughs> Albany to watch some of these games. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's just uh, that we had the Brewers Association just last week. Uh, so everyone from the whole New York State from all over uh, were participating in the Brewers Association. So, we, you know, we're running into and, and meeting a lot of people just from all over the place. That's awesome. It's pretty, pretty great. Yeah, I like that. So future of the War Room, I know it's only been a few months, but what are your hopes for this place? We hope, listen, I mean... I don't want to jinx it because, you know, we, we got something really good here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you talk about dreams and stuff in the war room, I mean, we love to open up in every uh, capital across the country and be in, like, you know, Sacramento or Newark or, or um, you know, um, you know, every, you know um, Kansas City, Missouri, or all different capitals throughout the country, um, like Albany. Um, I was in um, last week and I had a press conference with a client in Austin, Texas, which is the capital of Texas. Yep. They have a place called the Cloak Room. Now, the Cloak Room is uh, it's very similar to the War Room, where they have pictures of, uh, for the last 50 years, of all the people that have gone there. And, I mean, it's kind of a cool, and it's right across the street from the capital. They even say that there's a tunnel that goes to the governor's mansion. The governor used to come in and drink and, <laughs> and go back and forth. So it's like, you know, I think there's a there's a... We're like the planet Hollywood of politics, mm-hmm. where people look rather than um, you know, if you went to Planet Hollywood, you'll see Brad Pitt, or you'll see Stallone, or you'll see uh, you know Schwarzenegger or whatever it is. Yep. You'll see all these pictures of people, and like you know, you'll see a picture of like Rocky's Rocky's you know robe from when he fought in the you know um, Stallone's you know whatever. Here you're finding the kind of memorabilia of politicians, of governors, and. Because these people here, they're celebrities. They're different kind of celebrities. These people look up for them. They follow them. Their livelihood depends on it. Mm-hmm. If you're a lobbyist, you know you gotta, you know, you, you gotta work with the parties or pre- they worked on presidential campaigns, and this is stuff that they worship, and that's their demigods, and you know, may even be their, their nightmares too. But it's become that kind of thing. And we have, you know, the good, the bad, and ugly. If a politician got in trouble or stuff. You know, we have still still stuff up here, you know, but we're not looking to glorify amongst the you know the the misery of negativity, mm-hmm. um, and we're very careful that way. Where some someone once came to me and I sat down with someone, they're like, "We're doing it like a museum dedicated to all the uh, you know the scandals of Albany." I go, "Well, count me out." I mean, because a lot of good people 
worked for some of these people and dedicated their lives to try to make it better. Yeah. Um, and I'm not looking to hurt someone's name or image. I'm trying to make people feel good. I'm not here to, we're here to make, make something happy and fun and create a good, and bring back memories. Mm-hmm. So someone here like me, who's you know 58 years old, you know, looking at on a wall and saying, you know what, I grew up watching this person. I grew up, you know, um, I grew up working for this person when I was in college, or I remember, you know, some of the stuff they did or whatever it is, and you know, it's hard to think it was, you know, 27 years ago for some of these people, you know, and people aren't even 27 now to come here. They'd be like two years old when it happened. <laughs> but but for me, there's also older people that have come here that have been here for years and years that it's older. So to them, it's like they'll look at Rockefeller. Now, I was probably two years old when Rockefeller was here. So to me, it's too old. But there's people that worked for Rockefeller, that knew Rockefeller, or, or spent their lives around Rockefeller or when he ran for president. If you look up that picture right there, you see the um, Rockefeller? It's a very famous photo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and what is Rockefeller doing? Flipping off someone. He's, he's giving the bird. Rockefeller is basically giving the FU to somebody. So what happened was, if you look at the picture, Rockefeller was vice president of the United States, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, for Gerald Ford, who was president after, um, you know, after, the, um, after Richard Nixon, because there was a scandal. Yep. So Gerald Ford winded up not picking Rockefeller. He chose Rockefeller to be vice president, but when he was running for office, he chose Bob Dole, who was a very popular senator at the time. Oh, yeah. So if you see the picture, you see Rob Bob Dole. He's in the background there. <laughs> that was that was in Cortland, I think, or some upstate college. And Rockefeller took took Dole around to run for vice president around the around the, the state of New York. When he went there, one of the um, one of the uh, college groups or whatever you know, college people could be a little you know they're not afraid to say what they feel. They are not. So what happened was these college kids, so students, right, said, hey, Rockefeller, fuck you, and they gave him the finger. So Rockefeller did what any other billionaire of that time, millionaire, the word of billionaires. Properly respond. He gave them a finger back. (laughs) And then they always said, Rockefeller, did you apologize? He said, no way. Why am I apologizing? I wouldn't. And that was like a famous um, salute that – Rockefeller gave on the college campus. Yeah, that's a pretty awesome portrait right there. You know, it's kind of cool, right? So one last question to wrap things up. Did I read that at one point you were or you're trying to pitch a TV show? You know, um, Bravo is coming up. Um, if not Bravo, HBO. There's a, there's a person that handles all these different TV shows. Mm-hmm. And they've been pitching us wanting to do this show and really? stuff like that. The problem is I like to give people their own privacy. Mm-hmm. People don't want to come here, get drunk, get tamed, get sloshed, and all of a sudden wind up on the news the next day, no. especially elected officials. <laughs> so, Probably um, at the top of the list, yeah. So anyway, they have to sign a waiver anyway because I, 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 um, I produce some shows on some of the networks and stuff. Oh, really? So, um, and I've worked with a lot of the cast members and um, some of the housewives and some of the other things that, that exist. Oh, wow. So... Um, it's a negotiation. We'll probably do a pilot or a sizzle wheel. Mm-hmm. Sizzle reel, wheel, sizzle reel. If it happens, I really don't care either way. Some of my predecessors in PR, Lizzie Grudman had a reality show. 
She wound up losing half her business afterwards. Oh, geez. One thing you got to do in PR, never get more famous than your client. Because if your client's paying you to get famous and you're on TV more than they are. Probably not good. It's not a good idea. Yeah. You know, um, so that, you know, that case, we're in negotiation. We'll see what happens. But, you know, more important, I got to tell you something. The day I stop having fun is the day that we're not going to be around anymore. Or at least I won't be around anymore. This, <laughs> this is all about having fun. That's this place awesome. is about, if you open up a bar, you got to make it fun. You got to make some sort of um, atmosphere where people come here and they can enjoy themselves and and um, just have every kind of, have a blast. I'm having a blast every time I'm here. My, my wife comes here. She's singing karaoke on Tuesday nights. Um, we try to sing, you know, together. It was the worst experience of our lives. <laughs> we, we just, I mean, we were singing I Got You Babe by Sonny and Cher, and um, I think half the place left, <laughs> including my wife. No, I'm just kidding. So, so let, let me put Tony on club. By the way, um, we're, I just want to thank you for doing this show. I know, you know, you do this out of the kindness of your heart, and you just because you really, you love bars, or you love music, or you love stuff, and the podcast you present, you're doing is really, it's God sent. It's really presenting, giving a, people the opportunity. Bars are not movie stars. Bars are not celebrities. Bars are regular people um, trying to make people happy. And by you doing this podcast, you're making a lot of people happy. And I salute you. I commend you. And I thank you for what you hey, do. Hey, I, more than anything, appreciate you even taking the time to chat. I mean, I love the Albany area, the Schenectady area too. I love going to these places. So I, it's just yeah, I enjoy doing this. It, not just for, it's like a win-win for me. I get to help promote these businesses and stuff, and I also enjoy going to them. So, well, I hope you'll be as happy when you try our food. Let me let yes. me put Tony on for closing comments and thank you again. God bless. Thank you. Uh, th- thank you for coming. Uh, it's my first podcast. Todd, thank you for having me on with you. Um, and just one, one last thing: we're the we're the largest happy hour uh, Monday through Friday, three to six. Check us out. Um, you guys are open every day too. We right? are seven days a week, but our, our happy hour is, is, is really awesome. And just like he said, it's, it's a great vibe. It's just, it's a fun vibe. It's a great, great atmosphere. So check out our, our happy hour three to six. Yeah. I'm definitely sticking around for another beer or two. So awesome. I'm looking forward. So that's a wrap on another successful edition of stories from a bar. Thank you, Todd and Tony for taking the time to hang out. I really appreciate it. It's, it's been fun having, having a beer here, some actually frog alley mohop, which is delicious and chatting. If you're not doing it already, be sure to go like and follow all the social media pages for the Albany war room and Todd's backroom cigar lounge to keep tabs on everything going on. A huge thank you to everyone out there for checking out the show you can follow stories from a bar on facebook instagram and twitter at stories fab to keep up with everything happening and what's coming up you'll find stories from a bar on all major podcast platforms so be sure to like subscribe and even more importantly leave fantastic reviews and share the hell out of it so until next time cheers people